Hey, welcome to The Hot Slice. Uh, I am your host, Denise Greer, and with me today is Editor-in-Chief Jeremy White. Hey, Jeremy, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's freezing cold outside, um, and, uh, you know, bad stuff's happening as far as weather all over the country, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Fun times. We are <laughs> sitting on top of lots of snow and ice ourselves yeah. here in the Kentuckiana area, which... For those not familiar with that term, Kentucky yeah. and Indiana. <laughs> exactly. Near Louisville. There is Kentucky and it's in Kentuckyana and other parts of Indiana and Kentucky as well. Yes, true. <laughs> but uh but enough about our our let's talk pizza. Uh so who do we have on the show today, Jeremy? Well, you know, our guest is also dealing with snow, um, because he's in Connecticut, Avon, Connecticut, a, a town as we learn in speaking with him, a town of about eighteen thousand people. Uh, Michael Androw of E&D Pizza Company. Michael is a big supporter of Pizza Expo and Pizza Today. Um, He's always seen walking about the show floor, very happy-go-lucky, personable, sociable guy. It's always fun to talk to, always a good time to hang out with, very knowledgeable. He's been in the pizza business for three decades and has has kind of seen it all and done it all. And he's got a pretty cool story about how his business has managed to thrive during this pandemic, but he took some pretty drastic measures in order to do so. Lasting drastic measures too. I mean, these are these are these are going to go well beyond um, uh, the pandemic. So uh, it include it, it involved contractors and, uh, I and yeah, think, yeah. I think he said to us, if I'm not mistaken, that um, it was a big trigger to pull, and it sure was. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we probably need to just jump right into it because it's such a good conversation. Um, and you know what? I think a lot of people are probably thinking this very thing. You know, uh, what what changes have I made? What changes will I make? And uh, and how how is it all going to evolve after COVID? I think that's what's on everybody's minds right now. Yes, this conversation will apply to a lot of people, no doubt. All right, let's just jump right in. All right, let's get Michael on. Michael, just to start off, uh, I'm curious what year you opened your pizzeria. How long have you been in business now? We opened E&D Pizza Company in 2014, so we're now into our eighth year at this location. Okay. Uh, where did the name E&D come from? It's my sons, Enzo and Dario. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. And, you know, I want to get right to some really good stuff here. You, um, you made some fairly drastic changes to your business as a result of the COVID pandemic, uh, you, you, you didn't play around. Like you made massive overhaul changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> yeah. Old, the old adapter die. Uh, you know, once COVID hit, you know, the, the, all the rules changed. It was a whole new ball game. Uh, you know, prior to that, we had a very successful, very successful operation. Mm-hmm. Um, being in a suburb where we are, we're very family oriented. I mean, every one of our customers is, 2.5 kids, white picket fence, gold retriever, golden retriever. It's just family city. So we know our market and we, we, we did very well with it. Probably 80% takeout to 20% dining in. We had about a 45 seat dining room, which we would fill up, you know, and we'd have a wait for it on the weekends. It was, it was good. Everything was going along just fine. 
And then something had to go awry with a bat in China. And next thing we know, everything's getting shut down. So it was a, you know, a learning experience at first. None of us knew how long this was going to be. Would it be a few weeks, a month, two months, maybe at the most? I mean, I remember back last year, they were saying, this could go into the summertime. We went, no, the summer. I can't believe it. You know, here we are a year later, still in the same spot. Still in the exact same spot, right? Yeah, we'll get back to you on that. Uh, So, you know, in the beginning, you know, we just dealt with it, figured it wasn't going to be a long-term thing, kind of, you know, got rid of all the indoor dining, pushed all our tables and moves to the sides of the room, opened everything up, you know, and uh, I think at that time, obviously people's dining habits were forced to change. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we started seeing more takeout, more than our our usual customer base. We started seeing new people, which was surprising. But the more I thought about it, I said, well, you know, people have their dining habits, especially with families, it kind of limits you. But you have your places you go to. But now when you don't have that dining out um, available to you anymore, you have to come up with new ideas. So people were trying new places. So we saw a sudden influx of business on top of it. And, you know, fortunately, people were pleased and we were keeping it. So everything was rolling along good there. And, you know, we were already at a point before this where our kitchen on most nights was almost at or near capacity of what it could output. And so this was really turning, like, you know, turning things upside down. Now, all of a sudden, Monday nights were the same volume as Friday nights. And, you know, I wasn't knocking it. I was happy that we were, you know, the type of concept that could remain open through all this and not get shut down, which, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people in our industry did see. So we were lucky in that regard. But after a few weeks started going by, then a few months, you know, every morning I'm coming in and I'm walking by these tables and booths pushed against the wall. I'm saying, this is just so stupid. This has got to stop. And the next day goes by and the next week goes by and it's not stopping. Finally got to the point where I said, you know what? The kitchen's getting crushed all the time. I started thinking about maybe if I just get rid of these booths and tables altogether, take my takeout counter, my big takeout counter and bring it forward 30 feet open up a little more room for the kitchen in the back to breathe a little more mm-hmm. and then do just takeout. I said, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> 30, 30 years in this business, what kind of, what kind of restaurant doesn't have seating in it? It's, 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 it's yeah. a joke. I can't do that. A little more time went by and I started thinking about this more and more and, you know, just losing sleep over it saying, you know, that's, that's a big, a big trigger to pull. And then one day I said, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I called the contractor. I told him, he said, what are you going to do? Are you, are you nuts? I said, just get out here and do it before I change my mind. So we did it, got rid of everything, did a complete remodel of the whole front, turned it into a you know, good-sized waiting area, but moved that counter up. Now everyone's got more room in the back. Um, you know, We're at a point now where, in my state, Connecticut, the numbers are dropping pretty, pretty rapidly with COVID. And we're, over the past few weeks, we started to get a lot, uh, a lot of loosening of some of the restrictions. And so, you know, now is a time when I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Let's hope, you know, but everything's, everything's staying steady. So this ended up increasing business for us. We've kept that increase in business, even as dining is now reopened again. Um, it, it created a, an additional customer for us that we hadn't seen before. Uh, but just going to this strictly delivery and carry out model with no dining in is very hard to swallow to this day. It's still not working for me in my head, but bottom line, the numbers are significantly higher. Wow. I mean, we were, you know, and I'm not exaggerating when I'm telling you, you know, our Monday nights are what our Friday nights are are like, 
you know, our kitchen is at capacity at all times now and we're doing it without, without dining in. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long people's dining habits are going to be like this. I think a lot of people's habits are going to be changed for good after this, at least for this generation. And you will see, you know, we could always change back down the road if we needed to. Mm-hmm. But for right now, you know, the numbers don't just, you know, they just don't lie. And yeah. I still have a tough time dealing with the fact that I have a restaurant with no, with no seating, but, but, but it works. It works. We crank along and, uh, you know, the customers love it. It's in and out. It, you know, our market lends well to it being so many families. You know, if we had foot traffic in a city or a metropolitan area, I don't think we'd be able to pull it off the way we do now. But, you know, when, when people are dining out so much and their options have been limited, and now we've gained even more customers that have learned of us because of it, mm-hmm. you know, taking something that was good and made it great. I kind of feel like a war profiteer that, you know, COVID <laughs> was brought about, yeah. but it is what it is. And, you know, yeah. so it was a, it was a hard trigger to pull, like I said, but in, in hindsight, doing it was the right choice. Yeah. So well, you know, it's pretty don't... amazing because most people, when they open a restaurant, they have an idea of what they want the kitchen layout to be like, but then you get in four five, six, seven years down the road, like you, and, and you get your volume more to a certain level. You always look back and say, wow, I wish I had the, I wish I had more space or I wish I had put the oven over here. I wish I would configure this a little bit differently. And you actually had the opportunity to make those changes and make the kitchen, like you said, a little more breathing room, but give yourself kind of the kitchen that, six, seven years ago, you didn't know you needed. True. True. And then once this all came about, you know, we realized that, you know, we need more space and we need it now. And, you know, what do you, what do you build a second floor in the kitchen? I mean, your options, <laughs> your options are limited. So we had to come up with something and this, you know, the pieces all kind of fit together. Right. And it worked out well. You know, yeah. As, as I know. Things, so was it, 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 it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Being, you know, being a little nervous about going to a Delco, Delco model, um, you know, th- that's reasonable, but luckily the Delco model, I mean, it's proven success for decades and decades, yeah. you know, it's just, it's a proven model. It has, you know, lower, uh, usually lower labor costs and, um, and you can pump out high efficiencies out of it. So the Delco model is, is a really good model. <laughs> it is, it is. It's, you know, it's just hard to swallow. Like I said, 30 years of always having tables and chairs and boots to all of a sudden one day flipping that whole script upside down. That's tough. That's tough. But the point you make is very well taken because the, you know, the associated costs with it are outrageous when you start thinking about it between, you know, your cost of labor, matching FICA and withholding, uh, the insurance, the liquor license, the liability insurance, it just, it adds up, it adds up. And you know, you start saying to yourself, you know, I'm not trying to be lazy and get rid of the hassle involved with it, but I take the hassle off my plate. I get rid of all the expense. Sales go up. I'm running a higher margin on, you know, I, I have, a, I get a better margin on takeout than I do dining in. Yeah. Yeah. The Delco model works. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely does. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. 
If you're looking for a POS provider that truly understands pizzerias, look no further than PDQ. Designed from the ground up for the exact needs of pizzerias, PDQ POS has been doing pizza ordering, delivery, and takeout for over 32 years. With all the functionality you need in today's environment, including online ordering, rewards, seamless integration, contactless functionality, and so much more, PDQ is your single source for, well, everything. Learn more today at pdqpos.com or call 877-968-6430. That's 877-968-6430. Now, how do you translate like the hospitality aspect? Because, you know, you're kind of known for, you know, your customer service and things. So how did you take that from being inside to uh, carry out and delivery? Well, to start with, I already had, you know, a very good staff that worked up front on the counter. And then once this got turned upside down, I had my servers that were now saying, uh, what about us and our jobs? And I said, okay, here's the deal. We're gonna up everyone's pay, and now you're gonna join the counter staff. And you're gonna help show these guys on the counter staff the same, the same st style of training and interaction you have with customers at tables. You're now gonna help kinda influence them on how they work with the customer coming in. So it's funny, just before I got on, I was, I had a, a glowing, a glowing message from a customer about mm -hmm. the service he got just from a counter, a counter person today and how wonderful it was. And it, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that kind of thing. But you know, we, like we said, we took those, we took those people and kind of had them train the others. And so everyone's kind of on the same page now and it works well. Do you miss the, the mentality? Yeah. Do you, I was going to say, you're, you're a personable guy. You're a social guy. Do you miss, that interaction that, you know, the table touch where you can walk around and just talk to your customers and, and you have a lot of loyal, regular customers that you get to know very well o over the years. Um, yeah. It's That's just not the same when they're only there to pick up food for two to three minutes versus sitting with you for 60 minutes and you get to actually talk to them in depth. And that is difficult because that is a thing that I really was very, you know, very involved with doing all the time and it's mm -hmm. difficult now. You know, in the past, once the hit was done, I would jump off the line and I would hit the floor and I would stop at every table and visit and just chit-chat with people, you know? I've always thought that goes a long way and I enjoy doing it. Now it's difficult, you know, what am I going to do? I come out of the kitchen and, you know, who's next in line? Hey, good to see you, you know? I still do it. It doesn't have the same, the same feel and the same impact, but that's, you know, I can get over it. <laughs> yeah, when the bottom line looks that much better, it's e a little easier to yeah, follow yeah, up. That'll, that'll cure a lot of ills. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I still try to get out there and do the same thing, but it's not, it's not the same. You know, being able to sit with someone and just visit for, you know, a visit for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and do that. You know, I enjoyed that personally and I miss that. Now, how does that change up your, your personal energy with your business, you know, where you're able to focus your energies um, now that you don't have a specific front that, that you know, dine-in front of house, uh, where are you able to focus those energies now? My staff doesn't like it, but it keeps me in the back more. They used to know, <laughs> yeah. they used to know that once the hit was done, I was gone. They got rid of me. You know, now <laughs> I'm back there saying, okay. What are we jumping off of prep right away? Who's cleaning that? Let's get moving. You know, <laughs> the, uh, you know the, the, easy, the easy breezy days are over. So, but they still try to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so what are you going to do when, if and when, and I think it's a when, things do when. normalize again. And we are welcoming people back into our restaurants for dine-in. And people are going out again and sitting at tables and, and eating in public. What's your plan there? Have you thought that far ahead? 
the, the answer I tell everyone is, well, you know, we'll wait and see, you know, we can always change things back. But in reality, I mean, our numbers are going up 40% mm-hmm. as a result of this. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I give 10% of that back, when this is all done, right. we're, still, we're still staying Delco. Right. Yeah. I'm, not to, I'm not looking to reinvest to, to have a contractor come in again and tear out what they just did to put it back the old way to incur mm-hmm. all those expenses and then bring my margins and sales back down. I'm like, no. It's, That's what I was getting at. I, I would yeah. assume that yeah. once you make that leap, you're there to stay. I am. I am. It's, it's tough telling customers that. So I still kind of try to dance around it a little bit. You know, oh, we'll see. Oh, we'll, we'll play it day by day. You know, <laughs> we'll see. But, you know, I, I know, I know what the end result's going to be. We're staying this yeah. way. Yeah. And the one thing we are missing right now and, and will be missing until, you know, offices and uh, baseball teams and things are able to do what they normally do is that off-premise large volume sales. So, I mean, that's not even in the mix right now, correct? And that, that's a big thing for us, too. I mean, that was, that's kind of how we established ourselves within the community and kind of became, you know, just a, a regional brand was by doing that, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Now, some of the schools are starting to reopen. You know, there's a lot of private boarding schools in our area, too, that have uh, students, you know, bubbled on campus. So all that business is back. But that, that's, a, that's a big part for us, too. So, you know, even the public schools, all the events they do, you know, we're very involved with all the sports and all the different athletic teams. So we're looking forward to getting all that back soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is um, what, What's going on in Connecticut? You had mentioned that, you're, that the COVID numbers at the moment – seem to be improving. Um, what's the feeling like as far as, as the, the restaurant industry goes? Are you, is your labor pool strong? Are you able to find well-qualified employees? Are you having difficulty with that? The labor pool is getting better. Um, you know, when this first started with the whole nonsense with the unemployment and then the unemployment bonus, it created, it created a real problem. Uh, even when you were able to bring people back, mm-hmm. uh, people weren't coming back. Uh, that has started to change a lot. Uh, so that's loosening up a lot. Uh, the COVID numbers are just plummeting in our state day by day, thankfully. Uh, hopefully that continues. And uh, we have a very aggressive restaurant association in our state that uh, that works very well with our, the governor's office. And they've been really instrumental in helping move things along. Just today, uh, they changed the limitations for uh, large events. It used to be 25 people. Now it's up to hundred people inside or 200 oh, wow. outside. Oh, wow. So that's coming back now. So that's, that's a step in the right direction. A couple of weeks ago, uh, restaurants went from 25% capacity back up to 50% capacity. And there was a 10 30 PM curfew on restaurants. That's now been lifted and moved up to 1130. So, you know, you can get that last one more turn of tables in. Mm-hmm. So we're really starting to turn the corner in the right direction. Hopefully it stays that way. But uh, it's encouraging right now, certainly. Yeah. Have you changed your menu to accommodate your new structure? I didn't. I didn't. At first, that was one of the things I was strongly considering doing. I thought I was going to have to. Uh, but fortunately, with the way things worked out, we were able to adapt. Uh, we made these changes. Opening up more room in the kitchen uh, really made it easier for us to keep the menu as is and not have to cut it down. Uh, so that, you know... It, kind of got lucky in that regard, but it worked out. Okay. Good. That's awesome. 
you know, something I'm, I'm interested in, because I know that you, so you started out in the restaurant business, like, like you've worked every facet of restaurants from, uh, from just the startup, which I understand I've worked in restaurants, uh, but you, you've kind of went all the way up. Uh, so how, you know, what are those lessons that, that you've learned kind of coming up through those that you've applied to your business? You know, like what's like one or two of those big things? I, I'm glad you asked that because I, I love talking about that. Uh, I think it's something really unique that I've been able to kind of stumble into as a result. Uh, you know, I started in pizza. I then went through every facet of this business from casual dining to to fine dining, to bars and nightclubs, everything, you name it, I've done it. But eventually I came back to pizza. And the lessons I've learned along the way, there's something you can take from everything. You know, just because, just because we have a pizza, a family pizza operation now, it doesn't mean there wasn't things in a, in a bar or a nightclub that I couldn't take from, or, or from fine dining. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, just because it's pizza doesn't mean it has to be cheap. You know, you can have a fine dining type of experience. Now, I don't mean you're going to have white tablecloths and, you know, and gold flatware, but you can still have that same level of service. It doesn't have to be the diner waitress throwing the plate on the table. You know, you can still train your staff the same way we trained in fine dining to bring those same principles into a casual atmosphere. You know, and I, I love that because it really helps separate us from other people and even me personally my approach with customers the way i communicate with customers it really has evolved over the years because of my interactions with different places you know when you work in a bar and a nightclub you don't have to go out and make table visits you know when you work in fine dining you know you're making table visits every every turn of that dining room so it just becomes second nature and it's something i learned to, to love to do you know you go to your a pizza restaurant in town 99% of the people don't do that, you know, and the waitresses, when they would see that, they, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> nothing's wrong. It's okay. I, I know nothing's wrong. I want to go over and see tables one through six, you know, <laughs> but you know, without that, without that background, I don't think it would have allowed me um, a certain comfort level to be able to do that and, or want to do it or understand the value in doing it. And that's what, that's really you know, important to me. Yeah. Gotcha. Where do you find the passion now? If, if that was part of what, what fueled you and made it enjoyable, made it fun. And now that's gone. What, what gets you motivated and pumped up when you go in every day? You don't settle for mediocrity. No. You don't settle for mediocrity. You know, this concept we started as a startup and startups suck. <laughs> uh, you know, there are you know i remember back in the in the beginning days you know i literally worked 100 hours a week you know i didn't see my children because i left before they got up and i came home when they were already in bed yeah so, you know knowing what you had to do to get there reminds you you know i remember picking up the phone just make sure it still works yeah okay it works hopefully it's gonna ring you know in those days you know that what it takes to build a business and get to a certain point you know, you never forget how that crushes your soul and you, never, <laughs> and you never want to be there again, you know, so you don't take for granted what you have, you know, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to nap, I'm going to nap my way through this class, you know, and show up for the exam. It doesn't work like that. You know, you need to maintain that every day, you know, and it's, it's important that, you know, as things are starting to open up, we're back doing our community things, you know, we're back involved with the schools, our face, our name, my face of the business is out there, 
you know, people know who I am. Everyone in the community knows who I am. You know, you have something you need to do. I'm doing it. It keeps me active and involved, but that's important because otherwise, you know, you can, you can become a has-been real quick in this business if you don't keep your foot on the accelerator. Yeah, there are a lot of them out there. We see them all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, one of the things that um, that I've always I've always been complimentary to you on is the the fact that you you gain all these accolades. You're really good at uh, getting accolades for your pizzeria for your pizza, um, and you have uh, a really good sense of how to use those and how to capitalize on those. Um, do you think that that actually helped you gain this new clientele once you switched to Adelco? You know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly where that comes from, but that certainly does help. There's no doubt about that. You know, we've been very fortunate that, you know, a lot of uh, local and state magazines and whatnot and different different outlets, you know, have their pizza rankings and, you know, Connecticut stuff. Everyone, everyone knows the big names of Connecticut. But, you know, when we're ranked ahead of those people, you know, I don't think if you put a pizza list out there and said, okay, E&T Pizza Company is the best pizza in the state that doesn't have the same ring to it until you look and see what the number two and three were. And you say, Whoa, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. Everyone, people in Japan know those places. Mm-hmm. You know, you're better than that in someone's opinion. Well, we got to try that. So that's been very helpful to us. You know, I, I'm careful. I don't want to, I, I don't want to poke the bees nest too much with some of those big, some of those big players, but you know, <laughs> I do take the opportunity once in a while via social media when those things come out to use it to our advantage, you know, say, Hey, you know, in our small town, we're doing some big things, you know, and, and you know, it, it's a touchy subject. Sometimes you got to be careful. You know, you want to yeah. want to maintain good relationships that with, with everyone in the industry, mm-hmm. but you know, use it to our advantage. Yeah. Now how big is Avon? Avon's 18,100 people. All right. Oh, that is small. small <laughs> I didn't town. know it was that small. small. <laughs> I didn't know that you know, was that small. 18,000, 18,100 people. It doesn't take a lot of them to have a successful business. Right. You don't need 20% of those people coming into your business to be successful. Mm -hmm. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Denise, I think we'll let Michael go get about his day now, but do you have any last questions before we Uh, let him go? You know, probably my last question is, you know, you talk to a lot of operators out there. Um, What's the general sense you guys are kind of getting about, um, about how we can look forward in 2021 and 2022 um, as the industry moves forward? Um, You know, what, what kinds of things are you seeing? Sun's on the horizon. It's coming up. You know, we've, we've dealt with a long winter, even though we're physically in it right now here. Really in it right now. But you know, we're coming out of this. We're coming out of this. We made it. You know, most of us had to adapt in, in one form or another, but we all learned from it. We did it. We're, we're better for it now than we were before this. It's, it's, you know, the world's coming back. We're going to be going to ball games before we know it. Expo is going to be back before we know it. You know, we're all going to be hanging out and having pizzas and beers before we know it. So yeah. that's right. Like- International Pizza Expo. June I gotta say. Through 24, Las Vegas, Nevada. I know. I can't wait to see you there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I got to point out that you guys are both boy dads, by the way. Both we are. Boy dads, two like boy that. dads. So that's awesome. We're the cool ones. That, that's yeah. absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Michael, thanks for your time today, man. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. A real pleasure. You have a good day. All right. All right, take care. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.